When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. It's September 5th, 1906, and another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by Ariel, Rebecca, and Ali, the Retrospectors. Leavenworth, Washington in the Pacific Northwest, historically home to the Akama, Chinook and Wenatchee tribes and by 1890 settlers, keen to exploit the gold, timber and furs. Note, no connections to Germany. Well, today in history, in 1906, Leavenworth was incorporated. The town had a train line, a big logging industry, sawmills and no connections to Germany. However, visit this alpine town today and you'd be forgiven for thinking you were in Bavaria. How did that happen? Let us explain. Okay, well, forgiven for thinking you're in Bavaria if you squint a little bit, because yes, it's all kind of Bavarian decor and facades, and there's an Oktoberfest, and, you know, locals wear lederhosen and all of that, but... It's fairly obvious that this has been superimposed on a place that is in the United States, not least of all because it's in the United States. You know, it wasn't even kind of created by an incoming Bavarian community. It was a construction or fabrication by a team of people who basically got together and thought, our fortunes are waning. What can we do to bring the tourists here? Yeah, and this thought was the furthest thing possible from the townspeople's minds on this day in history when the town incorporated. This is kind of when a town officially becomes a town, when it can have its own elected officials, it gets a charter from the state, and things were on the up for Leavenworth at this point in its original industry, which was logging and processing timber. I think the original settlers thought, this is going to be our thing, people will always need wood. It all started to change, actually not that long into the town's history in 1925, when the railway, which had brought the settlers in the first place, was re rooted and it no longer passed through town. This had a disastrous effect on the economy. The sawmills moved out, you know, they no longer had trains to transport their product. The population started to dwindle, you know, as happens through history all around the world. Young people started to leave town in search of opportunities. And this is in the foothills of the Cascade Mountains in Washington. It relied on the railroad. Originally, actually, when settlers went there, they called it Icicle Flats. And then they renamed it Leavenworth for Captain Charles Leavenworth, who was affiliated with the railroad. So for the railroad to be rerouted and moved out of town isn't just kind of inconvenient. It is catastrophic for any new people arriving in the age before the car And it is a huge identity crisis. They're literally named after the guy from the railroad, and now they don't have a railroad. 
after the war years, Leavenworth's economy spiraled down even further. And all of these hard times continued through the 40s and 50s. And with little hope of any kind of an economic rebound, stores were closing and people were leaving and there weren't any further job opportunities. But in 1962, the Leavenworth Women's Club launched a project they called LIFE, which stood for Leavenworth Improvement for Everyone. And this LIFE group got together with the University of Washington and they started to put together some ideas to try to revitalize the town's ailing economy. And there were three options for themes that they might want to adopt in this town that might sort of bring in the tourist dollar. And that, <laughs> these options were Western Alpine or gay 90s. Now, just to give you a sense of what gay 90s was. <laughs> the 1890s, for goodness yes, sake. Exactly. It was the sort of American nostalgic term that referred to the 1890s, which was all kind of decadent art and high society and romantic rail travel and so on. But eventually they started to lean towards the Alpine theme. Yeah, well, the initial idea was to build a factory on the waterfront. You know, boo, no themes at all, no costumes involved in that one. <laughs> this all changed thanks to the arrival of a new committee member on Project Life. He was Seattle businessman Ted Price. He and his business partner and also secretly romantic partner Bob Rogers a few years previously had brought the Coles Corner Cafe which was a few miles up the road from Leavenworth and they were they, they were charmed by the town of Leavenworth but they were shocked by you know how dilapidated it was on the surface. They could see it had potential but at this time the population had dwindled to 1500 people, shops were boarded up, the high school had been condemned, the mayor was the janitor of the hospital, there were almost 400 abandoned cars cleared from the streets during the Bavarianization process. So, you know, the town was very run down. And so what Price and Rogers had done with their cafe was they had given it an alpine theme. They were inspired by the natural backdrop of the Cascade Mountains. Um, Bob Rogers had served in Munich in World War II, and so he was like, oh, look, it's quite similar to that. However, they marketed the theme as being Swiss Bavarian, which is a bit of a misnomer because that's not a thing. Bavaria is obviously <laughs> not in Switzerland. But they were mindful of possible lingering anti-German sentiment from World War II. So they brought in, you know, the, the Bavarian facades. There was umpa, there was yodeling, there were young waitresses in dirndls. As you can imagine, this proved a winning theme in a pretty, you know, economically depressed rundown area. No jackboot. No swastikas. That's out. <laughs> We've only got a couple of rules in this place. <laughs> but the uh, Alpine theme does work, and I should say at this point, I've been. I've been to Leavenworth. Whoa. Because, what? Yes. yes. Um, not as a research trip, but as genuine vacation. I thought our show had suddenly got some serious budget behind it. <laughs> <laughs> but it works because... Once you make the buildings look German, the whole field does get very German very quickly because it's right in the bottom of the mountains. It mm. snows a lot there. So it's, you know, the look is completed by the natural scenery. They did take a field trip to the Danish-themed settlement of Solvang in California for inspiration. Basically, there's another place that has done the exact same thing prior to Leavenworth and turned itself into a Danish-themed uh, town to bring in people to marvel at the Danish-themed wonders. But it was it at least had some Danish heritage. Yeah, it was actually founded by Danish people. Exactly. But Solvang had been attracting some national coverage at a time when the agricultural industry that's sustained the town previously was flagging so it was kind of it had been in a similar situation to Leavenworth so people could see the connection you know Solvang reinventing itself as a tourist destination but as you can imagine not everyone was keen on Bavarianizing the entire town and the vision did take hold slowly the first building to agree to undergo the makeover was the Chickamin Hotel which had been damaged in a fire in 1961 and therefore was a bit more receptive than most to a remodeling and that became the Edelweiss which is still going 
Yeah, one of the other early adoptees was the Alpine Electric Store, uh, which remodels itself as Alpine House Gift Shop. Uh, and so they really, I guess, were leaning into this in two ways. One, they were going, well, look, we will be a Bavarian outpost. But two, we'll change our entire business model from being just the sale of electric goods to being a gift shop for out-of-towners who are coming through. They very quickly adopted the, the Autumn Leaf Festival, which launched a year before. And then they started sending volunteers out dressed in lederhosen to go visit places like Seattle to recruit tourists. So they really were trying to push the place very, very quickly as a destination, both in terms of how it looked and how people dressed, but also that it had these festivals throughout the year. Yeah, festivals, except somehow they didn't get around to doing Oktoberfest until the late 90s. I mean, I don't know how (laughs) they missed that one. Maybe because none of them had been to Germany. That was possibly (laughs) something to do with it. (laughs) I mean, it has been massively successful. There's over 2 million people who visit every year. And when you consider that the uh, native population is now less than 2,000 people who live there permanently, that's an enormous number of people who turn up. But nevertheless, it hasn't all been completely smooth sailing because in 1996, they had to set up this new project that was called Project Bayern, Project with a K, and that was formed to, quote, revitalise waning interest among the merchants. And they really had to work very, very hard to try to instill this new sense of enthusiasm for the Bavarian decor. I think it must have just been starting to, I don't know, grate on the people who were living there. Imagine, like, you know, you you inherit a business because your, your dad... 30 years ago, thought it would be funny to subscribe to this idea that you're in Germany. For 30 (laughs) years, that's what you've done. Yeah, You can be like, oh. But it was as part of Project Bayern that they launched this annual Oktoberfest, and that has been a huge success again, unsurprisingly, because Oktoberfest is great wherever you do it. Um, And that continues to grow every year. Well, a wonderful attraction for an Instagram visitor is that you can come at any time of year and be guaranteed an extremely Instagrammable backdrop. There was an LA Times profile from 2003 which describes the relentlessly quaint calendar of life in Leavenworth. Christmas lights burn until March. Easter is followed by Mai Fest, which is followed by a June accordion festival. July <laughs> brings both Kinderfest and a sausage festival. Wine festival follows in August. The salmon and autumn leaf festivals in September, and next naturally is Oktoberfest. November, it's time for Christ Kindlemarkt or Christchild Market. The equivalent of Thanksgiving Day sales. In December, it's time to light up the town for Christmas all over again. It did make me think, if you watch Gilmore Girls, it's basically Stars Hollow, a town that just exists to go from festival to festival. <laughs> there must be times when you're just like, I just don't want to have to get my sausage fest out and get the <laughs> like and get the two pint glasses up and my lederhosen back on. Just give me two days without a nutcracker and I will be happy. It's like, I swear, Kinderfest decorations are coming in earlier and earlier every year. <laughs> They've been very influential, these theme towns. There's uh, another Bavarian town in Helen, Georgia. They just did, they just ripped off Leavenworth and did the same thing. Mm. Um, and I read a review in National Geographic of someone who'd been to all three of these places who says, um, it's impossible to tell that Solvang's routes are more authentic than Helen's. Mm. Both are Americanized for the convenience of the visitors. For example, the public restrooms don't have pay toilets as they would in Europe, and there's way too much fudge. <laughs> Something pretty much unheard of in Europe for sale around town. <laughs> That's what we should do, guys. We should found a European-style town in America that has all the inconveniences of European life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and no fudge. <laughs> Tomorrow. What if, in order to reach the east from Spain or Portugal, we sailed west... 
ditch the ads and get a Sunday episode when you join Club Retrospectors. Patreon.com slash Retrospectors. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.